what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Cycling is something that has gained in popularity even more so over the past year with the pandemic and many people looking to find other creative ways to get outdoors. And so now we're going to talk about bike riding and how technology is playing a key role both in the types of bikes you can get and the accessories you can use to improve your bike riding experience. And we have a special guest with us to talk a lot about bike riding and how technology is playing a role here on Brothers in Tech. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. My brother, Brian Jackson, the other brother in tech, is on the other side of the country from me, but yet we get together to talk home, family, and personal technology. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm, I'm great, Alan. Glad to, glad to be back again and, and doing this. Again, this is, our, this is our time to chat as brothers, our only time to chat, actually. Um, this is all we do. I mean, you, no. you don't respond to my text, right? So no. this mm-hmm. is pretty much the only time. Not that unless I get it's to about the show, see. then I will respond. But yeah, if, if it's true. about your health or anything else, I mean, I, I typically anything just Anything involving me whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty much yeah. just let no, that I, I, fall by the way. I've got yep, a lot of things I, going on, Brian. There's a lot of things uh, happening right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you understand. Obviously, I know where your I know where your, uh, your your priorities are, but that's okay. That's all right. So this is uh, why I wanted to make this a weekly podcast, so I at least get to check in. You with Just you have a chance week, so. to talk with me every yes. week. That's very yes. nice. That's a nice younger brother thing to do. So, <laughs> um, in all seriousness, we get together and we talk technology. Uh, we do enjoy talking technology, but mainly from that personal, family, and home technology scope. Yeah, we don't get into a lot of home. heavy business level, enterprise level technology or any trending tech news. This is truly like what what kind of technology you might use in your everyday personal life, your family members. We even kind of set up this show as an idea of if you're that go-to IT person in your family, like you know, you've got family members calling you saying, this isn't working. How do I fix this? We want to be kind of a resource to those of you that find yourselves in those roles, or maybe you're someone who just wants to be more self-sufficient on your own and not be calling other family members to get help with something technology-wise. So um, every time we get together, we talk through a new topic, and we also have started a thing where we have a guest with us joining us on our ongoing shows too. Today is no exception. We're really happy to have with us a returning for the second episode, uh, our guest, Rob Dickerson. Rob, welcome. How you doing? Good to see you again. Hey, guys. Yeah, good to be here again. Yeah, yeah, welcome back, Rob. Yeah, you made it through the cut, right? We had a discussion <laughs> afterwards and decided whether you were, you know, bringing it well enough, and um, and basically we decided we had no one else to choose from. So <laughs> you are you are back. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, wow, and just <laughs> I beat out Chad Austin for you know a return. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm really I'm really excited. I yeah, think, I think that uh, you know it, it just shows you know, really my speaking abilities and um, how I can project. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you here, Rob. And, and, and the main reason we, we're, we're having you here today on this episode, more specifically, is, uh, you know, it's summertime. We kind of started last week talking about long hair, which, you know, you, know, you don't really want to have to think about maybe as much outside, but it is a good time to be talking about it. We said, let's continue on this trend of talking about things that maybe are on the rise over the summer, maybe more recreational things that people are doing outside and spending time outside. And we got into the topic of talking about cycling, you know, bicycles yeah. and, and, and mm-hmm. riding bicycles, but from more of a true hobby pastime, more from an enthusiast standpoint, um, as opposed to just a, a super, super casual side of things. And that got us talking to you, Rob. Rob is a cycling enthusiast. He works for Defeat, which is a cycling apparel company. Uh, making a lot of footwear for cyclists. And uh, so he's perfect fit to talk about this and is a wealth of knowledge in that area. A lot of experience. Rob, tell me uh, kind of how did you get started in cycling in general? I'd just love to hear kind of your, your background, how you got really into it 
and especially now as a profession of what you do, kind of where did that all come from? Yeah, you know, I think we, you know, we all, you know, kind of a rite of passage as a child is to learn how to ride a bike and, you know, no exception. Um, uh, I think my grandfather bought a used bike when I was three and put me on it and, you know, and I, you know, cuts and bruises later, you know, learn how to ride. Um, but I think really the turning point was, um, I, I had an uncle that was really into cycling road riding. And, um, he, when I was around 16, he said to my, you know, my parents, you know, Hey, send Robbie out here for the summer. And, um, you know, I'm going to take him on a bike trip, man. And Oh, by the way, he needs to ride a lot before he gets here. Hmm. I didn't really know what I was into. So I show mm-hmm. up. Um, it's, I, th- yeah, I, was, I think I was 15 getting ready to turn 16 and I get to his house in Oklahoma and we spend about a week riding, you know, off and on. And then we go to New Mexico and we proceed to ride, um, about 870 miles across New oh, Mexico. Wow. <laughs> so not going to lie, you know, we had a sag wagon it was a big group um, from Oklahoma that went on this ride. Um, and, uh, you know, we were riding from town to town, anywhere from around 50 to a hundred miles per day. Day one, I was in the sag wagon. I wanted to go home. It was horrible, you know? And, and I think, you know, uh, a lot of people, when you show them a road bike and they see that small seat and you see the pedals they clip into and, and that posture you have to have, they're kind of turned off, you know? And, and, um, and I was that first day, but you know, you know, I was there, you know, the week went on, um, you know, I did get about 800 miles of riding in and, wow. and I was, I was hooked. I mean, at, at, at such a next level. And so I immediately went into the hardcore road, um, scene, but, you know, with the pandemic and what's been happening, um, you know, with, you know, people being home and stuff really, you know, cycling is probably as popular now as it was in the 1970s during the gra- the gas shortage. So, oh, wow. you know, yeah. it's, it, you know, and of course, I, you know, I, I use the term cycling, but, you know, a lot of people don't call it that. They call it bike riding or, you mm-hmm. know, right. or biking, you know. So I, I think it's important to um, uh, desnudify cycling uh, yeah. and, and like bike that. riding. You know, to, Sweet. Yeah, let's pull it down. Let's make it, it's, it's for everybody, you know, and that yeah. fun that you had as a child, um, getting on that, you know, first bike should be the fun that exists today as an adult. That's awesome. Well, Rob, speaking as someone here, me, okay, you guys know me. Um, I don't ride bikes. Um, I don't. I. I you can I actually tend, just stop there. And be like, I, I don't. I tend to stay away from a lot of. Uh, I, I I tend to stay away from a lot of physical activity whenever possible. You're a busy guy. Um, well. Yeah. But um, I am tempted in looking at getting into riding a bike because where my new home is, I could actually ride a bike to my office. And I think I'd actually prefer doing that every day, get a little exercise and be outside more. So let's talk. But also, I like technology. I like to know, like, what kind of tech might be involved in bike riding these days. So let's let's talk. Tell, ed- educate us. Like, where what's the state of bikes today, bicycles, and especially where does technology start to kind of come into play with these a little bit, too? Yeah, I think Alan, the first thing that comes to mind to me is the, the hybrid e-bike scene. You know, um, in the world of bikes, there's, you know, all these little factions and small things, you know, from the hardcore road cycling, you know, guys in spandex, um, or as we like to call them, mammals, middle-aged men in Lycra. <laughs> um, nice. You know, uh, <laughs> guilty. And I, and I, guilty. I'm guilty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, and then down to, you know, just, uh, you know, the average person who just enjoys, you know, getting on a bike and going for a bike ride. Um, technology has exploded um, the possibilities. Um, the e-bike, and when I mean e-bike, it, it, you know, e for electric, a battery on the bike that mm-hmm. powers some type of motor or pedal assist. Okay. Now, in a lot of states, um, a true throttle based um bike is not legal in some ways either on the road or mm-hmm. on sidewalks or things um so you typically have in the united states you have what they call pedal assist and so these are where you still have the traditional you know, um 
gears, you know, selectors, you know, or thumb or shifters, whatever kind of shift lever um, that actuate a cable that moves a chain around on cogs front and mm-hmm. back. The front being the crank, the rear being the cassette. Um, okay. and, but either in the hub of the rear wheel or in the crank bottom bracket, there are now sometimes are um, speed sensors with an electric assist motor and they're usually measured in watts so however many watts they can produce and um and then you'll have a battery some of these batteries are just attached to the frame and then others um are becoming integrated so these frames are either carbon fiber or, or aluminum and they're shaped in such a way that the frame has a cavity that accepts that removable battery um so my wife um has a mountain bike that um has one of these batteries that's removable it's made by a company called giant but there's lots of bikes out there and um it gives her about 250 watts of power for about 50 miles so that's you know a, a strong average road cyclist would produce you know 200 watts so it's giving her you know, really the ability of a seasoned cyclist and it, it makes all the difference. Well, Rob, with that, so I've always been kind of curious. So I've never actually ridden a bike that's that kind of pedal assist. So, you know, you still have to pedal. Is that right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to take the place. It's not a self-riding, self-propelling bicycle on its right. own, or is it? How does that, how does that work? Yeah, no. So, yeah, if you do not have, uh, if the we call it a crank set, if you're not pedaling, turning the cranks, then the speed sensor and cadence sensor are not actuated. And if they're not actuated, then it will not add power. It's okay. very instant. And a lot of these bikes have controls, digital controls mm-hmm. um, that are not only displaying miles per hour and cadence and battery level, but they're also giving you a selection of actual power. So you get to decide Mm -hmm. if you want, you know, the least amount, I mean, a lot of times it'll be called basic and, and then, you know, it'll go up and, you know, when specialized calls their top end power turbo, because that's kind of where they, that was the, the branding around their product was the turbo. And, um, and they've built out an extensive line of, um, what I would call, um, more road oriented Mm -hmm. bikes to kind of in between um hybrid you know grab we, we call them gravel a lot of times gravel bikes which are mm-hmm. made for kind of unimproved roads and then full-on full suspension mountain bikes you know that are mm-hmm. meant for you know all day in the woods so it, it it's really a section that has just exploded and um i mean uh, even greg lamont the famous tour de france mm-hmm. uh winner um, he has bought a carbon fiber company, um, or the rights to a process from Oak Ridge laboratories. He's moved to Tennessee and he is building carbon fiber e-bikes in Tennessee. Hmm. So he, wow. and he Very just cool. started up. Yeah. It's just amazing. You know, so, you know, and I, you kind of think Greg LeMond, you know, why would he go after this? He sees it as the future, you know, that people, Everybody wants to get out and ride. And of course, he's mm-hmm. aging. Other people are aging. I think they're seeing that, you know, this is a way that I can continue to have that fun from childhood. Um, but, you know, and then for Alan, for you, like one of his kind of commuter bikes with the fenders to cover the tires so you don't mm-hmm. get, you know, debris mm-hmm. on you and stuff. Yep. I mean, that's, you know, it's got lights built in. Um, that's like the perfect commuter bike, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's ecological, but it's also fun. And that's what they're kind of considered as you call it a commuter bike. If it's really a bike that's meant for more point A to point B kind of, you know, it's, it's not meant for rugged terrain. It's not meant for, you know, uh, off that it's really meant for maybe side of the roads, bike lanes and all that, but transporting to places. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we kind of joke that, um, that, you know, any bike is a gravel bike, a mountain bike, a <laughs> hybrid, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's kind of in the hardcore cycling community. There's definitely always been this kind of attitude that in you, you could ride anything anywhere, obviously mm-hmm. though, um, technology and the s- specification of the product, whether it be tire size, 
um, or, um, you know, or, or just comfort straight bars, you know, just mm-hmm. like a mountain bike, um, which a lot of times commuter bikes will have straight bars cause that position is more upright and, um, and comfortable versus what we call drop bars, the traditional road style bar that actually, you know, does the little semicircle curve mm-hmm. down and you <clears throat> tend to ride in the drops. Um, okay. but yeah, the, um, it's just, it's amazing. And, um, I, a little tidbit here. I saw the other day that a um, company that makes an e-bike, and I cannot recall the brand, they've mm. actually integrated. And I didn't know this was going to happen. A- Apple's new AirTag mm. uh, system is now a, a licensable product, mm-hmm. and they've integrated that into the bike. So nice. you know where your bike is at all times. Nice. So, it so, really, so it automatically really cool. is an AirTag. It's automatic, it has a built-in AirTag mm-hmm. basically for that yeah, Find yeah. My Devices capability yeah. on the Apple ecosystem. That's very cool. Hey, yeah. Rob, Rob, can you just really quickly, let's kind of break it down to, okay, someone, um, someone walks into a bike shop, or I guess, well, maybe we should step back. Going into a bike shop, you usually are going to get the assistance you need, right? Because they're going to ask the questions like, how are you going to use this bike? And what do you, you know, how often do you want to use all that stuff? But let's assume that, you know, there's a parent out there that's looking to buy, I don't know, a used bike, right? Looking to buy something that maybe prices is a little bit more of a concern. Tell, tell us the quick questions they need to ask themselves as to what type of bike. Because you mentioned things like mountain bike, uh, commuter bike road bike right what are what's what's the quick quick and dirty differences right so if a parent was going and buying this for a kid it's not for them they need to know like am i looking at a road bike or am i looking at a mountain bike or am i looking at a commuter bike are there other am i looking at an e-bike so really quickly what's a question that they should ask themselves about the use of it yeah i mean you know really just where are you going to use this i mean i think that's you know that's ultimately the deciding factor and there are bikes that are great compromises, but they mm-hmm. are in, they are exactly that. They are a compromise. So I think, you know, we have seen uh, road cycling is still, you know, like think tour de France, you know, mm-hmm. on, on the same road that you share with the car um, that has seen somewhat of a decline in the United States, just from a safety standpoint. Now, of course, Brian, you out in the Pacific Northwest, you're the exception to the rule that's right. kind of, you know, like cycling heaven. But even there, you, you know, you, we are consistently seeing issues with interaction between cars yes. and bikes. Mm-hmm. And so it's forced people, I think, to think about pathways like, you know, um, your multi-use path. And Alan here in Hickory, um, you and I have bought, both been on a bond referendum that's um, building uh, about 12 miles of trails. Um, and that's exactly what it's for. It's for, you know, kind of the commuter, you know, someone that wants to go from one, you know, A to B, that bike is obviously different than that road bike. So you have yeah. your pure, your, your pure kind of, you know, drop handlebar, skinny tired road bike. Um, and you know, and all your kind of old manufacturers are still around track specialized giant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have your, you know, um, kind of hybrid most of those manufacturers make something in that hybrid that hybrid might have straight bars it might still use a taller tire similar to a road bike but instead of being skinny that tire might be wider and maybe more durable um and And, and really quick rob tell tell us why would i not want to ride a skinny tire on something like gravel well you know just for that um safety reason you know you're going to kind of dig into the gravel yeah. it's going to be harder to control you're going to be more likely to have a puncture um yeah. whereas in these kind of hybrid bikes they you know they're typically made for either commuting or for unimproved roads um and so they have a wider tire um there's so much technology out there it's interesting kind of in doing the research leading up to our thing i found out that they now have tps units for bicycle tubes so you know, in newer cars now, they have tire pressure monitoring systems. Mm-hmm. They now have that for the bike. I thought that was kind of sweet, um, yes. crazy, but it, it's yep. cool stuff. Um, and then, you know, um, from that into the mountain bike. And so part of our trail system that we're building here in Hickory, we have 
a a really cool uh, mountain bike trail right on the um, river and that is not you couldn't ride it on a hybrid you would want to ride that on an actual mountain bike and so a mountain bike would have a more aggressive knobby style tire and typically those tires are much wider you know in the two inch or more range so um you know just you know kind of like the differences between a a race car and a pickup truck if you will Mm -hmm. right right no that's a good that's a good point because because honestly i found myself getting into this similar question you know about i think about 15 years ago i bought my first road bike it was a it was a cannondale i bought it used from a person and it's been great i still have it um but I found myself going, oh, if I'm going to buy used, let me just look for what I think is probably the nicest of the bikes I can find from my price range. But that's not really where you want to go with this, right? I mean, I found some that were triathlon bikes and I would go, oh, well, that's really, really, really high tech, but they're selling it for a certain amount. It's like, well, that's not going to be very helpful. The positioning is different, right? And then I found some that were commuter bikes where you're upright and you got to be thinking, well, that's not where I want to go for 70 miles doing an upright, right? You, so really it is about the question of how you how are you going to use this? And if you are not sure how you're going to use it, then looking at kind of middle of the road hybrid type bikes that can do lots of different things, right? Someone that can go and ride on a trail, but not aggressively. Someone who's not going to do downhill. Someone that's not going to go ride for a hundred miles, but wants to get to a place to the other, there are kind of that middle of the road bike, right? Right. And, and I, I have typically steered someone that was kind of in the, I don't know what I want to do, mm-hmm. um, phase to towards more towards the mountain bike, believe yeah. it or not. And, yeah. and just because I felt like, uh, number one, you're, um, you're safe. You're, you know, a lot of times off the road, you're not in, you know, in and around vehicles. And then number two is that, um, real quickly, a mountain bike can be kind of a hybrid. You know, um, mm-hmm. you can you can change that knobby tire to uh, more of a file tooth tread, a yep. little skinnier, and now you've got a bike that is kind of good for multiple um, you know situations. And um, so, as a matter of fact, at myself right now, I um, I, I have a lot of bikes, uh, but my go to bike is a mountain bike. You know, yep. because I can go and ride. We have about a hundred miles of gravel roads not too far from here that I'll go ride or I can go over to the park um, that is more of a mountain bike course and ride all the kind of, you know, the jumps and the downhills and the stuff on that. So it's kind of a nice um, segue. Um, And if I wanted, I could buy that same bike in a E E pedal assist version, which nowadays I wish I had. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm really I'm still fascinated by the pedal assist e-bike type of approach because I, I do think that's probably a, a better fit for me in the situation I'm looking at. Um, but I'm just I'm curious too. Like, okay, so let's say we have the bike. Let's say we pick the bike that you know is going to be a good bike to 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 start cycling with. And you mentioned you know the AirTag as being something that this one manufacturer started building into their bike, which is kind of cool use of technology. What what tech do you use as a cyclist? Like when you're out riding, like is there is there anything special technology wise that you're using, or tools, or anything like that that you find to be really helpful, or a lot of the people in the cycling community are using right now? Yeah, so it's it's kind of crazy. We went from an, a, a kind of a a sport that didn't you know it did definitely have some technology in the you know eighties nineties, but one that didn't really explode until just, I feel like the last decade and it really has. Um, so the a few of these things our listeners are probably not going to know about or even understand, but things as simple as output of power and, and reading that. And then from a, uh, a exertion standpoint, if you're a competitive athlete, um, the, the power meter as they're called, um, which were originally mostly hub based. They used the hub, the rear hub to, and they, um, they had strain gauges that allowed the, um, software to determine the effective amount of, uh, watts that you were producing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that has translated, you now have, um, very affordable. The, the cost has come way down 
you now have power meters in all kinds of um, bikes. And so they can be in the pedals themselves. There's now a couple of companies making um, right, left power meters. Then they mm. can be in the crank set itself in the crank arm. Um, and, um, and then they can be in the, the bottom bracket or the, the spindle of the crank itself. So all these, um, you know, and which is just crazy to think about that you could have so much detailed information about, you know, the smoothness of your pedal stroke, you know, and so mm. kind of the Holy grail of, of an efficient cyclist is this kind of circular pattern. And it sounds silly, but a lot of us, if we don't clip into our pedals and we just pedal flat pedals, you, you're really only using one muscle group. And, and in reality, if you were to measure that exertion, you're probably your dominant leg is, you know, 60 or 70 percent of your power. Um, and so for uh, someone, um, you know, who has been somewhat competitive in the past, like myself, you know, it was important to me to be able to see that, um, you know, what was my pedal smoothness? What was my power right to left? Um, and then um, wanted to see that in real time. So, you know, the next component is the computer. And there's a lot of big names out there in cycling computers, um, some of which have been around forever, like Garmin. And you're probably familiar with Garmin from a navigation system for, you know, cars or airplanes. But they also have um, been making cycling computers for, I don't know, 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. Um, They have so much technology now, not just um, can you, you know, connect to the power meter and see that via Bluetooth now. um, But you also can see what gear you're in. Um, you can see the battery level of, uh, an e-bike in some cases, mm-hmm. if you have an e-bike, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the tech is just rampant in the cycling or in the Peloton as we would call it. When you mention these computers that on, are these things that are just like you position on the bike that where you can just see and glance at a moment's notice or is anything syncing to phones or, or other devices for you for tracking as well? Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's, it's both. It's kind of funny that you say that because, um, a lot of, a lot of, of, um, competitive cyclists will have their, you know, Android or iPhone with them that is also connected. So in some cases there's now, um, the ability not only to upload that in real time. So, um, I, I used in the past, I use a program called Strava. And Strava mm-hmm. is basically a tracking software for cyclists. It's not just about, you know, seeing where you've been, but in a lot of cases, it's about the community. So you're actually sharing your time, mm-hmm. your effort in a particular area, and they call those sectors. And um, they actually have kind of a, a bit of a cult following of, um, classification for whoever's the fastest on a given section. So, um, mm-hmm. it's called the King of the mountain or the queen of the mountain, uh, yeah. you know, and so any given sector, you know, your old house and that hill behind mm-hmm. you was a KOM spot, you know, because <laughs> I it can imagine incredible hill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the number one reason yeah. I did not take up bike, biking <laughs> when I lived at that house yeah. because it had an yeah, enormous they're, hill they're, coming to it. So, yeah. Yeah, there were no good ways out of your neighborhood. <laughs> no, <there> we're not. <laughs> yeah, but That's yeah, funny. it's yeah. it's 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 crazy it, how much has um, kind of um, come to being in the last decade. Hey, Brian, so so Rob, let me you you mentioned a couple of things I, I'd like you to expand upon because I'm thinking of the <clears throat> the person that is completely naive about this and doesn't under doesn't know what they're getting into. Um, and trying to figure out what, you know, what are good decisions to make in that purchase, that original purchase. So you mentioned two things. One was, um, you know, the idea of power that they were able to produce and everything. And and maybe talk just a second about gears, right? So if I'm looking at a bike and I, you know, here, here in Portland, I can look and see a lot of people on a road bike that are on a, a single gear, Right. Like, a, uh, you know, they're, they're messenger people, right, where they can actually stop on a dime and all that sort of stuff in a, in a city environment. So tell me tell me what's the benefit really quickly of a gear of gears. And in terms of if I go to buy a bike, if I want 21 gears or if I want, 
14 gears. I mean, what, tell me really quickly, like what, what would you advise a friend who's getting into this about kind of gear choice? Yeah. So real simple um, gears are a, a multiplication of output. So it's, you know, it's just as it sounds, you know, going to take your power and m- amplify it. So um, a traditional bike has the front chain ring and it may have, you know, anywhere from one to three, depending on the technology. Now there's a huge move to simplify that and to only have one in the front and to really rely on the rear to have all the, uh, we call it a cassette traditionally. Um, Brian, you mentioned a single speed, a single speed Mm -hmm. that is, um, um, that doesn't freewheel is a, what we call a fixie or a fixed gear and very common in the messenger world and stuff. And it's, um, it's, it's definitely a commitment because you're, you're kind of a direct drive. You're not only are you the uh, engine, you're also the brake. And it's, uh, there's, there, there's a particular talent that it takes to ride any, any type of real terrain in one of those. And, um, and, and Rob, just to real quickly, that just means every time my foot spins around, the wheel is spinning around, right? I mean, they're, they're one to one here, right? So you're right. If I need to move the wheel, a certain number of cycles, I have to move my foot that number of cycles, as opposed to what you're going to, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah, You in that track bike or fixed gear situation, you have a fixed gear ratio, you, you know, and it might be, you know, um, two to one and that's Mm -hmm. it. And that's all you have in the, in a multi-speed bike where it's, uh, you know, one or two front chain rings and then anywhere from eight to 12 or now again, 13, I think now, um, in the back, you can, you can now, you know, really manipulate. I think the latest SRAM drivetrain where SRAM is a manufacturer based in Chicago, make, they make their products overseas, but they are based in the U S. Um, they um, have, I believe, a 520% range on their latest mountain bike group. So they have a small 10-speed cog on the rear up to a 52-tooth cog. So that 10 to 5 to 52, so that is a 520% gain. So that, if you think about that, it's amazing. So that front chain ring is going to kind of dictate your your total range we typically measure that effort in gear inches so for you know the front multiplied by the back is going to produce this many inches per revolution Mm. Um, and there's some really cool if you ever want to play with it there's a lot of good um, gear inch calculators out there so it's fun to go look at that and kind of play with ratios and you can see Um, so what what does that mean to the average person so the smaller the cog in the back, the harder is the pedal and the faster you'll go. And then the larger that cog is in the back will be the, the you'll pedal your cadence as we call it will be much faster, but you'll go much less. So mm. if I have a, say a 40 um, tooth cog in the front or chain ring in the front, and I have a 52 in the back, that's a greater ratio. I'm actually producing more, more or less travel per revolution than I'm turning over the crank. Mm-hmm. So one revolution, 40 teeth, is only going to get 40 teeth done in the rear, but I've got 52 in that tall one. So what it does is that's a, a low gear. That's what allows you to go up something really steep. Yeah. Uh, so. That's that's kind of the that's the technology that are, allows someone to ride a really steep hill, and of course, in the Pacific Northwest where you are, Brian, you know it, it's pretty common to have a, you know a, a pretty wide gear selection for yeah. um, a mountain biker or a gravel rider, if you will, or even a road cyclist. Um, here, you know, change, right? Yeah, right. So I, <laughs> hopefully that made sense. It's it is a complex um, system to kind of grasp until you can see it and kind of play with it. But I mean, the, 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 the takeaway there would be like the more gears you have, the more flexibility you have of what you can ride in, right? You can ride up hills, you can ride, you know, faster, but 
that also means there's more tinkering that's going on as you're riding, right? So, I mean, there's kind of a balance there, right? Someone might say, oh, gosh, the more gears I can have, the better. Well, that's true in a way in that you can go up hills, you can go, you know, flat ground, you can go downhill and still be pedaling. But it also means there's more potentially to go wrong. That's the other thing I'll tell people sometimes when my friends are going, it's like, I want to get into cycling. Great. More gears are are awesome to be able to get up hills and do all sorts of things. You have lot, you know, more rings up front, maybe. But I but also find that that's more things that can go wrong. So you need to be aware of you know changing those gears because um, there's many times that I've been on the side of the road having to put a chain back on a gear, you know, on my on my bike because it I'm shifting between the two too quickly or something like that. So. I think, you know, the technology is really good and that it can assist. It's almost like having the e-bike, right? It's assisting you to be able to ride in places that maybe you couldn't ride before. Um, but you have to be aware that you're going to be paying for it. And, you know, I mean, the same thing could probably go with, you know, whether I'm going to go with a carbon fiber, very light bike versus a heavier bike and all that sort of stuff. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick, you mentioned earlier, and I just want you to really quickly touch on it. You mentioned clip-in. And the idea of clipping it and, and really quick from a from a more of a lay person's perspective, when you're talking clipping, you mean your feet are connected to your pedal, right? They are connected yeah. to your pedal. And when you mentioned earlier the fact that I get more potentially more power or there's more of a power range. Um, so I want people to, to realize this, that the bikes you grew up on that are just a pedal where your feet is your foot is sitting on the pedal if you think about how you pedal, you're only pushing, right? Because if you pull, if you pull your foot up, it lifts off the, the pedal. So it's not doing anything. So what you're suggesting is clipping in. So tell me, tell me why someone might want to clip in. Tell me a little bit more about like, why, why is it I want to graduate to a clip in? Yeah, well, I, and, and there, there'll be plenty of people out there that would probably disagree with me in the mountain bike community. There's a lot of people that like to ride flat pedals. There's a lot of technology from small little studs on the flat pedal, kind of gripping a flat shoe, all the way to um, companies um, adding magnets that help your mm. your foot stay on the pedal and stuff. But for me, I growing up in the road cycling um, world, um, you know, early on I um, I had the original, and the reason they're technically called clipless pedals is that they don't have a cage with a strap. In the right. beginning, we actually rode a, a pedal that had a small um, metal cage that went over the toe and had a strap in it, and you would cinch that down when you got on the bike, and you're, you would be strapped in. So that was called clipping in or a, you know, a clipped pedal. The new pedals are affectionately referred to as clipless because that's gone, but in reality, you click into them. So there's a lot of different technology out there um, from Shimano, which is kind of the, one of the pioneers of what they call SPD, um, which is Shimano pedal design, I believe. <laughs> um, they have multiple kinds. They have a road style, which has a kind of a, a trod or delta shaped cleat that clips in um, that allows the foot to float. And then they have a two-bolt style um, SPD for uh, mountain biking that has a, a, a very small metal cleat that's typically recessed into the shoe that doesn't protrude um, for various reasons, for walking, for being off-road, things like yeah. that. But, um, yeah, so really in a nutshell, clipping in gives you access to your hamstring, your glutes, your um, calves, and so you can – you know, produce significantly more power when clipped in. Um, and it's, you know, so from a road bike standpoint, it's a, it's a no brainer. If you're, you know, performance oriented road cyclist, then you're clipping in. Yeah. Um, if you're a mountain biker, I would say that depending on the terrain and what you're riding, it may or may not be necessary. I personally prefer it and that's what I do. But if I was commuting on an e-bike, I don't think I would. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Just wear regular shoes. You know, the e-bike kind of takes some of that pressure off from power standpoint. Um, plus, I mean, do you really want to b- break a sweat before you go into the office? You know, so. Right. Oh, I, I, 
you had me at do I really want to break a sweat? Not, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter and where I am. The answer is just, no. The answer yes. is no. <laughs> so, um, so it, it sounds like this is all fascinating, by the way. I, I'm, I'm, this is all new information for me, which is great to know that there's, A, so many options. I think it's important to know when you're talking about bikes, there are options, a lot of options. It, it pays to do the research, like you said, to figure out what it is you want to be, where you want to be riding, what you want to be doing. It sounds like to me, if I kind of boil it down to where technology plays a role in, in cycling nowadays, it's A, in the, the actual and quote engine mechanism or how that bike is going to move forward, whether it's just traditional, the gears and, and, and how that's all set up, or if you're going to use any kind of pedal assist electricity enabled uh, things to help with that. Right. That's kind of one step. Then if you really want to get to the point where you're tracking and monitoring and understanding your, the power you're exerting and distance you're going and so forth, and all the computers and app synchronization that happens there is kind of the other side of the coin there. Sounds like there's two areas where, at least from my experience, not having a bike for 20 plus years, it sounds like that's the two areas where things really move forward and made some advances. Am I right in saying that? Kind of summarizing? Yeah. yeah. And, and we didn't really even touch on, you know, the fact that, you know, there's tons of safety tech mm-hmm. out there too. There's, okay. Now, crash awareness stuff. So there's helmets now that have sensors that oh, wow. if you have a large impact and you don't turn off the alert on your phone when it senses it, it sends an automatic distress signal to a loved one and to 911 with oh, your wow. geolocation. Cool. I mean, there's so much that is, you know, and, you know, and I mentioned earlier the, you know, the, the, tire pressure monitoring system you know i mean there's there's you know uh, technology the, the the smaller they can make something and they can put it in something we're adding it we didn't even touch on the fact that a lot of your uh, gears themselves you know the control of what we typically refer to as a derail derailer and it it does what it says it's derailing the chain from one cog to the next those devices now are electric in a lot of cases. Hmm. So you have Shimano and SRAM both and SRAM has taken it kind of up a notch even more. They, theirs are now wireless. So, you know, the controller, whether it be the thumb pusher for the mountain bike or the, the lever for the road bike, it now can control wirelessly an electric (laughs) derailleur and move that. And then on top of that, disc brakes and um, uh, disc brakes have, um, um, you know, entered the the cycling community, you know, probably a dozen years ago. But now that we have hydraulic disc brakes with, you know, small hydraulic lines between them, it is it's just amazing the ability to to stop. So there's all kinds of yeah. stuff happening. And, you know, in a decade from now, I can't even imagine what it'll look <laughs> like. So, so it's Alan, not quite Alan, the world of just walking into the little the little bike shop on the corner and just get a bike and, get the, and you're off to go. There's a lot of options. Get, There's get a lot the of the intro level Schwinn and pull yeah. it off the, the the rack, right, and go. Yeah, but and I love the decisions I, there. Yeah. But I do love the fact that cycling is kind of keeps evolving and growing to where, like you said, Rob, when you started off, the whole intent being how can we make cycling be as available for everybody as possible. And I think yeah. with the use of technology, with the pedal assist, with the e-bikes in general, and then, you know, having the safety features you mentioned, sounds like it's really making it to where almost anybody could take up bike riding and cycling to some level and yeah. Uh, yeah. have some assistance in doing so. Um, that's great. I think it's great. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's fun to watch and being a, lifelong fan of it and you know i'm always just blown away when some new innovation comes out and sometimes it's stuff that you know we don't necessarily need but we want because it's cool you know it's like the new (laughs) new phone or whatever but then sometimes there's some technologies like you know you mentioned earlier brian about the gears derailing coming off you know Mm -hmm. you know um like Shimano's electric drivetrain system actually automatically trims the chain 
to make sure oh, that it's in proper alignment. So, I mean, just, <laughs> you know, not gonna fall off, right? right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's just, there's so much, it's just, uh, it's really cool to watch. And, um, I, I'm excited that, you know, the higher bikes or bikes for hire in a lot of places are also going pedal assist. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that, but yeah. you know, that, and that, that really changes it. Um, in a city where people can get around and we might start to see less congestion. Um, oh, that would be and, nice. you know, you know, people jumping on a bike that they don't have to buy, you know, yeah. they just pay their $2 or whatever. So, That's yeah. And, you know, and out, out here, obviously where the, the Nike headquarters, you know, everywhere you go down in downtown Portland are the orange Nike bikes that you can go up and hold your phone up to it, rent it for two hours and it unlocks it and all of a sudden you hop on and you go, right? Which is really, really cool. Um, so, you know, similar last to last week, Rob, where we talked about um, lawn care and I ended with the my hope and dream of the solar, right? Solar, uh, you know, lawn equipment. Here's, here's one of the things that I've been hoping would be uh, occurring and has not occurred yet, uh, or at least... It's not become mainstream yet. So as a cyclist, one of the things that when I go out and ride is I have the little the little mirror that's connected to my my helmet where I can see in the corner what's going on behind me because I'm not very good when I turn my head to try to look to see what's happening. I end up swerving all over the place. There's a kind of an issue there. Um, and I know that a lot of them have a rear, some of them will have a rear camera now, and the camera will project potentially on your phone that's up in front of you on your, your gears. I would really love to see, Alan, this is my this is my dream. I would love to see how the maybe Apple's new glasses that they're going to come out with eventually will allow me to ride with these glasses. And in the corner of my <laughs> corner of my glasses, I can see my rear view mirror. So I don't have to turn around. I don't have to actually turn around to see if there's a car coming up behind me, if I need to merge or all that sort of stuff. And I know that that's one of the things I actually looked preparing for this uh, episode to try to see if those things are out there yet. And, and I think there's a couple of random Kickstarters that are out there doing that. But that was, that's where I'd love to see the safety of cycling, where if you're going to get a lot more people cycling, if you're going to get a lot more people access to pedaling that weren't able to pedal before, you also need to include that, that uh, safety issue of turn signals and of you know uh, flashing lights and of potentially seeing behind you. Because I tell you, being out there in the Northwest where everybody tends to cycle a lot, but you also get a lot of people that shouldn't be cycling yet or that don't know how to cycle and driving around that when they turn their head, they're all over the place. They're swerving all sorts of things. So I think there's really cool ways that cycling technology can also not just improve performance, but improve safety, which I'm really excited to see like a lot of these safety enhancements. So, yeah. 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 I think they're coming in. Um, yeah. Some of that does exist, but in the real, in its real basic form, yeah, you know, and kind of the niche, the, niche market on those things. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I have seen successfully a, a major motorcycle manufacturer, helmet manufacturer put um, a he- heads up display into the yeah. technology of the, but you've got a lot more, you know, to work and with more, in those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real estate. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you do. You do have um, some smart helmets out there that have heart rate monitors built in. They pull the heart rate from the forehead. Um, they've got lights now. You, there are a few out there that have turn signals. Um, um, Garmin does have a back, a, a rear end radar system now um, that um, is basically doing an echo behind it, and it indicates if you have a car um, approaching on your Garmin. Huh computer so you can see it also will tell you where your other friends are if they have the same computer um it's fantastic yeah so there there, there's a little bit of that out there it's got a long ways to go um obviously um another uh another neat thing i've seen are some believe it or not some um srs supplemental restraint systems for cyclists there's a um famous um uh competition in belgium i believe um uh, maybe five or so years ago where someone came up with a uh basically a collar that you would wear that i can't remember if it was a gyroscopically based sensors or if it maybe had you know a simple pull thing on the handlebar but 
it's a they don't wear helmets a lot of times on bike paths there for commuting and so this was for people that didn't wear a helmet it was a collar that you wore and if you fail it inflated and covered your head Hmm. um it's it's, uh and they won a lot of awards for it and i think it's been integrated into a few pieces of clothing um it was really expensive though and really not practical but i mean those things lead to uh you know um other things. So yeah, I think, I think well, you're the, the tech it. is there. Yeah. The yeah. tech is there, I guess, is the main, the main idea here is that, you know, stuff's and there's a reason to continue to develop it, right? Yeah. The more people right. will yeah. get out of the cars, potentially not want to, you know, drive, maybe be in a big, big city where all of a sudden you realize I can get there faster on a bike than I can yeah. in a car yeah. trying to find a parking spot. Right. Then all of a sudden, there's a reason to put more tech into this and make it safe awesome. and make it easier. So, yeah, I think this is great. Well, I know listen, we're going to wrap this up. We've been talking for about to. cycling for a good while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's true. I yeah, could go all day. Well, listen. Oh, I know. Well, listen. Hey, I love it. I really do. I'm just. Uh, I'm trying to yeah. be. I'm going to be try to be sensitive to our, our listeners and say, you know what, you've. Uh, uh, We've been talking for a good while here, so it's funny you you just said listeners plural, like as if there's like more than one or two. Well, out there, I mean, I'm hoping. I think at least my, our parents listen. I'd like to think two <laughs> of them right. listen. So, that's good. mom and dad, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut it short for you guys tonight. So, yeah, yeah. that's right. Listen, Rob, thanks for joining us and talking to us and kind of educating this us great. on the state of yeah. cycling. And uh, Rob, again, Rob Dickerson's with uh, Defeat. So, uh, Rob, the website for Defeat is D E F E E T, correct? Yep, defeat.com. Okay. Nice. Defeat.com is where you go. That's cycling apparel. Uh, you know, learn more about what they do as a company. And Rob, you know, Rob's role there. Uh, it's, it's a perfect fit. I was uh, when, when you started working with them several years back, I remember that was just like a perfect fit for you. And I know you guys are doing some great work and uh, building some great products out there. So that's awesome. So Great. Yeah. All All right. Thanks for having me. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Brian, if anybody had any questions for us, yeah. Yeah. They uh, they should send us an email at info at the mesh dot TV. Info at the mesh dot TV. Tell us uh, what kind of topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Uh, Tell us maybe some of the the cool biking tech that you are uh, interested in or that you've seen. And uh, yeah, let us know. And hopefully by what next episode or maybe two episodes from now, Alan, you'll have a bike and you'll be, you know, you'll be cycling to work to and from work. Is that, is that enough time, you know, in maybe a week? Uh, ready we'll, to go? we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I, I, I like to, I can't guarantee a timetable on it. We'll try. We'll try. <laughs> oh, All right. Great. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll look forward to talking to everybody next time. Thanks again, Rob, for joining us and uh, hope everybody uh, takes care. We'll talk to you next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.